This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Awesome. Are you ready for the word? Well, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. In fact, let me do this first. Before we do that, let me take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for their amazing privilege of being able to minister the Word of God this weekend. I count it as an honor and a privilege, and I just want to thank them as my spiritual parents. Let us pray this morning. Father, as we come together, we want to thank you that you have brought us again into your home, into your church, that we can spend time in your Word. As we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, Father, we want to thank you for giving us our dearest Holy Spirit the one who stands by us, the one who leads us, anoints us, and helps us to get full revelation of your word. We are so grateful. And as we spend time in the service today, my prayer is that every ear is open to hear, every heart is ready to receive, and every life will change as a result of your word. And in advance, Lord, we give you alone all the praise, the honor and glory. This is your service. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, family, if you have your Bibles with you, obviously get those out. We're gonna be reading a few verses today. You can make some notes as we go along. If for whatever reason you don't, you can go to our church app. That's our church app. If you open that up, go down to the bottom left-hand side, you'll see an area that says notes. If you click on there, there's some scriptures there. There's some places for you to fill in and make notes as we go along. Now, you know we've been over the last three weeks, we've been doing a series called Change Our World. Hasn't that been a blessing? I mean, I've really enjoyed this series uh, of Change Our World. We started off with Pastor Jenny speaking on salt and light. Then Pastor Andre spoke to us about being an influence and he had some photos up. I don't know who those people were, but he had that up and we enjoyed that. And then Pastor Johnny's message last week was really a great message because it set my message up, but it was a great message on when we see somebody, we're obligated to do something about it. I love that example, you know, in the car where you drive and you sometimes don't want to, just nobody's around me. And uh, so we, we are obligated to do something when we see somebody. And so today we're gonna continue with this message. And the subtitle of this series for me today is a come and see confidence. Come and see confidence. You know, family, when we think of changing our world, so many times people think, well, what can, ha- what can it be for me? Or what can change in me? How will this benefit me when we think about changing our world? But this series has really opened our eyes to changing and helping those around us. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive, right? And so it's helped us to, to look beyond ourselves and not just want to fix my own world. But if I'm willing to do something for somebody else, the Bible says, whatever a man sows, he will reap. So if I'm looking to benefit and help other people in their walk with God and and be a a blessing to them, I know it's going to come back to me, amen. So this series has been so amazing. But when we think of it, sometimes we could think, it's so overwhelming to change our world. The world has so many challenges. Is it possible to be able to do, do something to change our world? We might think, well, it's just so difficult. How are we going to do it? So many challenges. Can I, in my little world, make any major difference? Well, family, God is not asking you to make a major difference. He just wants you to make a difference where you're at. And for those people around you, that's what he's asking you to do. And today, you're gonna see that it's actually quite simple. It's quite simple to actually change the world around you and those around you. And we will be taking a look at a very simple way to change our world where they come and see confidence. 
And as we do that, we're going to be reading in the book of John in a moment. And when we read this account, we're going to see examples how easy it is having that come and see confidence through this account in the Word of God. I'll be reading a few other verses, and then we're going to be looking at some points of how we can simply make a difference and change our world with a come and see confidence. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we're going to read from verse 35, and I'm reading from the NIV translation. So yeah, in the Gospel of John chapter 1, it starts off with our reading today in verse 35, and it says, The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. So this is now John the Baptist, right? He's there with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. So all he did was simply identify, there's the Lamb of God, and he pointed in that direction and said, Look, there is the Lamb of God. There is Jesus. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, we are, we are, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Now, I can assure you of this. We don't know what Jesus said to them, but I'm sure you can agree with me that they were super impacted. I'm sure you would agree with me. Jesus never just had casual chit-chat. Whenever he spoke, there was intention. Whenever Jesus said something, it was with purpose, right? I mean, he came to this earth with a purpose. So he wasn't gonna waste time. Would you agree with me? And so they obviously spent this time with him. We have no doubt that they were impacted because John had simply just pointed them to Jesus. It goes on in verse 40 to say, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing, say with me, the first thing. So he spent time with Jesus. Yes, Andrew, he had spent time with Jesus. It says the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah that is the Christ. That small meeting with Jesus impacted him so much that he had to do something about it. And so he went and found uh, his brother Simon and said, we found the Messiah, the, 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 the Christ. And what did he do? Verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. So John pointed and said, there's the Lamb of God. Yeah, we see Andrew, after meeting the Lamb of God, now went and found his brother and brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. So yeah, now Jesus finds Philip. Philip like Andrew. This is amazing. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip now found Nathaniel. Can you see the relationships, all the connections happening here? Just because people have come into the contact, in contact with Jesus, they now feel obligated to do something about that. So Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. 
that place? Really? Is there anything that good can come out of that place? I mean, we know what that place is all about. Really, you're wasting my time. I mean, you want me to go there. So what did Philip say? Philip said, well, why don't you come and see? Come along. Let me show you. Just come and see, Philip said. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, this is verse 47, he said to him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. You see, family, Jesus knows who's lost. Jesus knows who's lost. He knows those that are not in his family. And so you might think, well, there's people out there that don't know Jesus, that don't want to come to know Jesus, but Jesus is interested in them. He knows they are lost. He says, I saw you while you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Family, Jesus was saying to him, you are going to see everything that's happening between heaven and earth. And you're gonna see that I am the bridge between heaven and mankind. You're gonna see that, Nathaniel. And I, it is me to the lost. You're gonna see that it's me to the hurting. It's me to the broken. I'm gonna touch the whole world. That's what Jesus was saying to them. You're gonna see this all happen. This all happened, family, because people were in contact with Jesus. There was a confidence in each one of these men. It was a come and see confidence. Did you see that? They were confident to introduce. They were confident to point. They were confident to bring people to Jesus. They weren't concerned about it because they had met the true living God. When we read in 2 Corinthians 4 from verse 3, the Bible says this from the King James translation. Listen to this. It says, but if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost. The gospel is hid to those who are lost. Verse four says, in whom the God of this world, that's the devil, Satan, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The Bible is telling us that the devil has blinded the minds of the people who are not children of God. They are blinded. But the verse goes on and says, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. If only that light can shine upon them. The Bible is saying here, how do we get that light to shine upon them if they are blinded and lost? You see, church, the light of God wants to shine on them, but they have been blinded by the devil. But this is the good news. They don't have to stay that way. They don't have to stay that way. You know, John 3.16, the theologians say, John 3.16 should be everybody's favorite verse. Should be. And we know it well. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. He loved the whole world. Not just Hawaii. (laughs) He loved the whole world, family. It says this, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, anybody, everybody, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the promise that everybody can have eternal life. It's not reserved just for a few people. It's not reserved just for the, 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 the Jewish nation. It's, it's available to every person. Those that may seem bad to us, it's also available to them. Those that may seem so far from the kingdom of God, it's also available to them. We find a promise in the book of Acts that seems to be so opposite to where the world finds itself now. A world where people are hard, where it just seems like people don't want to know Christ. It's a world that, that looks like people don't want to come to church, right? It looks like that. That's what it may seem like. But look what it says here in this promise in Acts chapter 2 from verse 17. It says the following, in the last days, I wonder if we are in the last days. I wonder if we are close. <laughs> in the last days, God says, I will, I will pour out my spirit on all people. All means all. Doesn't mean some. I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. God is gonna pour out his spirit on all people. I love verse 21. Same chapter, verse 21. It says, and everyone, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does that mean? Family, that means that nobody is too far gone that they cannot be saved. Nobody's too far gone. Even if they look like they're too far gone, even if it looks like they are living completely opposite to what the word of God says, they're not too far gone. I think of my life before I knew Jesus and the life I was living and the road I was going on. I may have seemed too far gone to many people. I've may, it may look like to me that there was just no hope that I was gonna make it into the kingdom of God. And you see church, just because there are people like myself back then who are outside the doors of the church, that doesn't make them evil. Doesn't make them evil. You see, I just didn't know any better. And they don't know any better. They just don't know there's another way. You see, people, as we read, are being blinded. They've been blinded from the truth, the Bible says. We read it this morning. If you're a blind person, physically blind, if you're blind, you are aware of what's immediately around you, right? You're aware of your immediate world. You can hear the voices closest to you if you're blind. But you can't see down the road. You can't see what's ahead. You can't see what's possibly out there for you that can help you in your life. You're only aware of what's around you. If there's nobody with you, you have no idea of which direction is the best direction for you to take when you're blinded, right? You can only feel what's around you. You only know the world that you're in when you're blinded. And you see, the Bible says there are people that are blinded. They don't know the truth. You say to them, what's wrong with you? Can't you be a better father? He says, well, I don't know how to be. I don't know how to be. 
You need to be a better mother. Which way? What must I do? You need to be in church. Well, where is that? Can't you get off your drugs? Well, I, I don't know how to. I, I, that's the only way I can find some sort of peace in my life. You need to find freedom. Well, what is freedom? I, I don't know. I'm blinded. You see, they don't know any better. They're blinded. There is a better way out there. There is a world beyond what their world is. But when you're blinded, you don't know that. They don't know that. That doesn't make them evil, family. And I believe that most people in the world, they're just blinded. They're not evil. They just don't know there is another way. The devil has blinded them from their truth. You see, what they need is they need someone to bring them and show them. They need somebody to bring them and show them. I had to be introduced to Jesus by his people. It wasn't those outside of the church who introduced me to Jesus. I had to be brought to him, pointed to him, introduced to him by those who knew him. That's how I came. Somebody was willing to do that for me. And I want to tell you today that there are many people outside of the church that are just looking to hear the good news. Many people. I would say most of the world is at a place where they're looking for truth. They're looking for answers. They're looking to find a way, but they just don't know. And we can do something about that. Let me share with you a little story that's just very recently happened. There was this lady who was looking for church. She happened to find us on the internet. She found us on the internet. And uh, she found out what we were about. She found out about our Bible school. And uh, she found out that we were online and she was watching online. I believe she also joined the Bible school, but she had never come to the church. She lived on the West Rand, which is quite far out. And so she decided after watching us online, I'm going to come to this church. I'm going to come check it out. And she came. And guess what? She enjoyed it. She came to the church for the very first time, participated in praise and worship, and she didn't think, wow. That's like wild music that I'm going to leave here. No, she actually enjoyed it. And then she came back. And then guess what she did? She then got on growth track. She did step number one. And when she finished step number one, surprise, surprise, she enjoyed it. And she came back. And then she did step number two and step number three and step number four. She became team ready. And she decided, I'm going to join the dream team. She completed growth check in April this year, 2022. And on the 15th of May, a few weeks ago, not so long ago, she joined and served for the very first time on the Dream Team. Let me introduce you to one of our newest Dream Team members, Veronique Hank. Here's a picture. Isn't that awesome? That's one of many people that have either been brought to church, have come to church, have been pointed to Jesus, that have found the good news, that have moved from a world of darkness into light because somebody was willing to go on a journey with them, amen? And so when we think of changing our world, I'm gonna give you this morning just four simple ways that you can change your world. Are you ready? Four simple ways, not difficult. We've read them all, in fact, in the book of Acts. And the first one is this. We point people to Jesus. We are simply just pointers. I need help, Jesus. I don't know a way out, all that. 
Jesus. Just point that. All John the Baptist did is says, there's Jesus. That's all he did. And they went and connected to Jesus and their life changed. We just have to be pointers. If they're asking for what, what do I need to do? Jesus is the answer. Just be pointers. That's all you have to do. The second step is, is as equally as simple. And that is that we bring people to Jesus. We are bringers. We bring them. We bring them. I have with me two tickets here. Can you see these two tickets? I have two tickets. Now, if you can imagine these two tickets were for your favorite event, whatever your event is, soccer, final, rugby final, cricket final, theater show, whatever it is, this is your favorite event. And I knew this is what was good for you. I knew it, okay? You were gonna have front row seats. If it was a sporting match, you were gonna meet all the players, greet them, sit in a VIP box, Get all the food that you want. After the game, walk around a victory lap with the team. If these tickets could give you that and you had them and you knew somebody who needed that or enjoyed that, how would you approach them? Would you go, I don't want to bother you. I hope I'm not putting you out. I was just wondering, maybe, maybe I'm putting you out. I don't think you would. Would you be interested? Maybe you want to come along. How you would, would you approach him like that? No, you say, hey, I've got two awesome tickets. You're going to love this. I know this is what you want. You've been looking for this. I've got it. Let's go. You would approach them because you knew you had what they needed. And we are bringers because we know we have what they need. That's why it's easy to bring them. So we are pointers, pointing people to Jesus, we are bringers, we bring people to Jesus. And the third thing we do, we are witnesses for Jesus. We are a witness. We are a witness. Well, what does that mean? I've got to study 75 courses, know the 274 steps. Well, obviously that'll help you. That'll help you. But what is a witness? Have you ever watched a court proceeding? Have you ever been watched movies where they have all these court proceedings? What does a witness do in court? Witness simply says to the judges or to the jury, all they need to do is say, this is what I saw and this is what I know. All a witness does, right? This is what I saw and this is what I know. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. That's what a witness does. You can only witness what happens in your life. That's all, we just witness. This is where I was, this is where I am now. That's all you have to do. It's not difficult. We just got to go out there and be that witness. Just share what has happened in your life. The fourth one is that we are, we were, we live out our testimony of Jesus. We are testimonies. What is that? Well, that simply is just evidence. This evidence of a changed life. My testimony is an evidence of a changed life. I, I, I now help people. I now pray for people. Hey, I'm in a group. I'm in church every weekend. It's just evidence of a changed life. I'm a generous person. I wanna help people. That is evidence of your life that has been changed because of what God has done. That's your testimony. People see it, see it on you. They know, your family and friends know you in church this morning, right? You're living out your testimony. That's what you're doing. 
you're living out your testimony. When you go to group in the week, can we all go to group? Amen. <laughs> when we go to group, you're living out your testimony. When you pray for the lost, you're living out your testimony. When you're generous and helping others, you're showing people your life has changed. You see, family, we need to know that we are living in a world where the devil is trying his very best to stop and silence confidence in Jesus. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to stop and silence confidence. But we all know that Jesus saves people and we can and must have a confidence that he still will do it today. We must have that confidence. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you sitting here today, how many of you sitting here today, at some point in your past, never dreamt you would be in a church? I know that's me. <laughs> if I look back at my past, I never dreamt I would be sitting in a church, never mind being full-time in ministry. It was so off of my radar. I was just not even going to church. But you're here today. And if God did it for you, he'll do it for somebody else. Isn't that right? If he did it for you, he'll do it for somebody else. You see that we read in Acts that there is a great harvest coming. And we can be part of that great harvest. I don't know how many of you participated in our RPM curriculum that we did just recently. And in there was a, yes, somebody participated. Praise the Lord. In there was a statement made by J. John. I love it. And he said this. He said, if you want to share the gospel with great confidence, you need to have great confidence in the gospel. And we can have because we serve a living Savior. How many of you remember the famous 4-3-8 cricket match? Remember the famous 4-3-8 cricket match? Well, I was watching that match. Here's my jersey. It was on the 12th of March, 2006. Australia against South Africa at the Wondrous. I mean, what a game. If you were there or you were watching it on TV, I was watching it on TV. Obviously, I had my, 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 my cricket stuff on there. Proud there's my flag, South Africa. I'm one of the team, even though I never wasn't there playing, but I was one of the team. And that match came on, you'll remember. Australia batted first. And no team in the history of cricket up until that time had scored that many runs in a limited overs match. They scored 434 runs. That's what they scored, 434 runs. Nobody had, had scored that in a cricket match. In fact, some matches when both teams had batted, they never even scored 434 runs. They scored it in 50 overs. I mean, it had never been done before. What's the chances of it being done immediately straight after that? It must be like one in a million because nobody had ever done it. Ever. Never scored those runs once, never mind doing it twice. And you can imagine what the South African players must have been feeling like in the change room. I know what I was feeling like when I was watching it. I was thinking, oh, well, okay, well, let's just, this one's done and dusted. You know, Australia are going to win. Anyway, South Africa goes out to bat and we start scoring some runs. I remember Herschel Gibbs on that day. Smashing over 100 runs, 117 runs, more than a runner ball. And we started getting there. And we started getting closer. And, we started, and some wickets fell. And we started getting closer. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm grabbing my jersey. Oh, man. You know, on the edge of my seat watching this match because I'm a bit of a cricket fanatic. And we get to the last over, the last six. 
balls of the game. We need seven runs in six balls. They call up to bowl, Brett Lee, one of the fastest bowlers in the world at that time. Fastest bowlers in the world. Mark Boucher's facing. He comes running in. He bowls the first ball. Mark Boucher hits it for one run. They cross. One run, six runs, five balls. Andrew Hall's facing. I don't know if you remember Andrew Hall. He's facing. He's standing there. Brett Lee's looking at him. He's hardly been in there. He's only got a few runs to his name. I don't think he had, I think he had two or three runs to his name. Brett Lee comes bowling in, comes running in. Fast, fast, fast. Bowls the ball. Andrew Hall steps in, hits it for four runs. We go crazy. We only need two runs. Two runs to win. We can do this. We can do this. Four balls left. We got this. We can do this. Brett Lee comes running in again. Next ball. Andrew Hall swings, hits it straight to the field. He's out. Oh, no, can't believe it. He's out. We still need two runs. Only one batter left. Who comes walking in? Makai Antini. Not known for his batting. You know what I mean? Not known for his batting. I think, oh, what are we going to do? He has to face Brett Lee, the best bowler in the world, fastest bowler in the world. Two runs. What are we going to do? I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm nervous, thinking, what are we going to do? I'm starting to take off my jersey. Starting to look for an Australian one. You know what I mean? And anyway, there he comes in, Brett Lee. I mean, all he has to do. I mean, all Brett Lee has to do is just bowl it a little bit wider. There's a bit, no chance McCartney is going to get it. He bowls. McCartney taps it. They run through. One run, the scores are equal. We can't lose, but the scores are equal. We need one run to win. Two balls left. Mark Boucher facing. That's all we need. I'm thinking, oh, there's a chance now. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Brett Lee runs in, bowls. Mark Boucher hits him for four runs. We win. We score 438 runs, the highest score ever in a match. Isn't that awesome? We're going crazy. All of a sudden, my jersey fits better now. Got it back on. Everything's gone. I'm excited. We're shouting. We're screaming. Flags are waving. I don't know if you remember that time. It was amazing. Anyway, eventually, everybody goes home. They all leave. They all go home. And I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I phone them all. You've got to come back. You've got to come back to my house. Bring the jerseys. Got to watch the match. Come back. Arrive at my house. They're thinking, what's wrong with this guy? Come, we're going to play. We're going to watch the match again. We, we watch the highlights. We put, put on the match again. We're starting to watch it. We're going through it. I'm saying to them, I don't know if we're going to win. I don't know if we're going to win. I'm on the edge of my seat, lost over. They look at me and say, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? This is a replay. This is a replay. Why are you so nervous? Why, 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 why are you so nervous? Why are you so worried? Why are you acting so defeated? They already won. This is a replay. They've already won. There's nothing to be nervous about. Family, Jesus has already won. Jesus is alive. He saves. He heals. He sets free. It's already done. You can invite with confidence. You can point with confidence. You can bring with confidence. You can witness and testify with confidence because He will save them. He will heal them. He will set them free. We can change our world if we just simply point, bring, witness, and testify. And Jesus will do that. Amen. Praise God. So this morning, I want to encourage you when we go out there, if you're going out for lunch, wherever you're going, and bring them. Share your testimony. They'll see a life changed by when you speak. They'll know there's something different about you. 
We can do that, amen. We can change our world with a see and come, come and see confidence, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope that has encouraged you. What a great series. We can change our world and make a difference. And I would recommend maybe watching them again. Go through those parts again. There were such powerful nuggets in this series to help us really make an impact. And we the church, we can do that. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning, as you are here watching online or in service with us today, listening to this message about introducing people to Jesus, Perhaps you've never had that opportunity. Maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe somebody brought you today. Maybe somebody pointed you to Jesus and you came. Or you're online and you're watching today for the first time or you've never known Jesus as your Savior friend. Won't you give me the great privilege and honor to introduce you to a loving Savior who loves you, wants the best for you, and is willing just to welcome you into his family. You see, the Bible says in Romans that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, you will be in right standing with your Savior. And so today I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not inviting you up to me. I'm not going down to you. You stay in your seats. And in a moment when I count to three, if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you just simply raise your hand when I count to three and I'll pray a prayer for you. And you can know for sure that you are part of God's family. If you once served Jesus and your relationship has grown cold, it's not where it used to be. Friend, come home today. Come back into that relationship. Let me include you in that prayer and you can know that your relationship will be restored. Or lastly, simply, you might be saying, what happens if I breathe my last, if I pass away? I don't know if I'll make it to heaven. Friend, you can know. If you allow me to pray for you, you can know for sure that you'll be in right standing with God and heaven will be your home. So when I count to three, if you want to come to Jesus for the first time, come back to him or know for sure that heaven's in your home. Won't you raise your hand at the count of three? One, two, three. Just raise it above your head so I can see it. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young man. Wonderful decision you're making. Some hands up there at the back as well. God bless you. God bless you. Wonderful. If you're online or in another venue, just simply raise your hand as well as a sign saying, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to come back to you. I want to know for sure heaven is my home. Just raise your hand and we'll pray for you. That's wonderful. Now I'm inviting a leader of our church, one of our dream team, is just to slip over and place their hand on your shoulder. And we're going to pray together with you. If you're online, you just raise your hand and pray this prayer with us. And in the other venues, there's a dream team right there to help you as well. So let's pray this prayer. I'm inviting everybody to say this together, but especially those that have raised their hands. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just the way that I am. I ask you, Lord, please forgive me for every sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and He was raised from the dead. And because of that, I know I'm in right standing with you. I choose today to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. I thank you, Lord, for receiving me as your child today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We are so proud of you. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 